0: Desiree and welcome to the 34. Hi, I'm Tina Desiree Berg, and this week on the podcast, we are speaking with investigative journalist Eric LeVay, who does nat- national security issues. He covers uh, right-wing extremists here in Los Angeles and a few other things. He writes for both Daily Dot and Forensic News, as well as hosts a podcast called uh, Counterintelligence. Welcome, Eric.
1: Tina, how are you doing? It's great to be here, and thank you for having me.
0: 100%. So I wanted to start the conversation talking about the last piece that you had in uh, Daily Dot, only because it uh, deals with some local right-wing extremists who basically traveled to Virginia to do some campaigning for um, Glenn Yonkin. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, these two individuals, I've seen them out and about getting ferocious and nasty and crazy on more than one occasion. I tend to believe the two of them are very much uh, driven by wanting fame, driven by wanting uh, attention. But at some point in time, we have to realize that ignoring the situation is probably not a good idea either. Um, So what was your impetus for looking at these two individuals for this article? I know there had to have been a final straw. (laughs)
1: well you know Tina is always like a lot of articles as you know begin well if you don't know I'll I'll be I'll be explaining now with me begin with me just you know scrolling along on the internet and uh so there I am uh you know we we monitor some of these characters and all of a sudden I'm I sort of like blinked I'm like am I looking at a photo of uh Lucas Asturias and and Angie Chang in Virginia Mm -hmm. and you know it didn't like that that's just not something that makes sense uh right away and then I was like oh that's Glenn Youngkin uh and then I think I wrote it in about a day you know the some of these things as you know being a reporter are time sensitive right yeah uh, so it was Sunday night it was either Sunday or Monday and the uh primary the excuse me the general was on Tuesday and uh yeah there they were hmm. and and you know them and they're, they're Yeah, I know characters. them well,
0: you know, it, again, like I've tried not to talk about them too much because, you know, <laughs> they're not proud boys per se, even though they hang out with these characters, but they do seem to be very motivated by attention-seeking. Um, but at some point we have to address the fact that they are, you know, radicalizing others around them and doing radical things. So um, Angie, who is Asian, has a propensity to pretend that she's white, for lack of a better word. Um, we have video of her where she was at a Costco, she was jumping up and down, yeah. saying the N-word. How lame you look, get the fuck down, get the fuck down, whack his fuck, whack his fuck, whack is fuck. Whack is fuck. I'm to fuck you, I'm trying to, you. to go. Wow, fuck you. Get your ass out of here. Get your ass out of here. Um, she has posted on Twitter on more than one occasion. Um you know, kind of white supremacy stuff, and saying that she's white. And one of the things that she did in your report was talk about uh, whites only. <laughs> <laughs> and <be> another color, <laughs> I'll also need <laughs> like five more hands. So we're at Virginia. Yeah, we're campaigning uh, for Glennon okay. Duncan. Is there another um, color, or is only white? Is there another white? Is <laughs> there it's, it's, it's white only. Right. It's go white. Go it's white only. Okay, right. And yep. I thought that was like, okay, that's kind of on brand for Angie. But what's interesting is they were using that same van that had just been part of another conversation, in which the Lincoln project had staged a prank against the campaign where they had people that came in and said that they were uh, white supremacists. So do you think there's a connection there?
1: It, w- it was crazy. I mean, they were, I actually did again, a double take. I was like, are they signing the same bus? And, uh, I remember uh, my editor and a a couple of people at Daily Dot were like, you know, if it hadn't been for that, that stunt by the Lincoln Project, the story probably would have gone farther. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I I can't speak to much about what what went on there with the Lincoln Project. Um, But it definitely, like for those who read the story, they're flat out joking about, for those who haven't read the story, uh, I think the way it went was Lucas asked for a different color magic marker. Mm-hmm. And then Angie starts repeating white only. And then some other random person, it's like the cherry on top is like, we need more white men. Yeah. It's like, what is, what is going on in this country? I don't know. Really? Like, w- what is that?
0: <laughs> yeah. What is that? I don't know. So Lucas, you know, uh, one of the exchanges that I had with him was up in the Tahunga area. Mm-hmm. The, he had gone to several of these pro-trust, the pro-Trump protests that had been up there. And, he's also very anti-semitic he was screaming you're evil at me repeatedly when i tried to interview him i am because i always try to listen to what these folks have to say whether i agree with them or not you know what do you know what Jesus said about you people? He didn't you say that, you said? people, yeah. You people, You're what's that? Believe what you do people. to my brothers, you do to You're me. That's evil. what I said. You are evil, Jesus you are evil. evil, 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 evil. Jesus never said, Evil. That. evil. Jesus never said, that. Wait, so you love evil people? Evil. The book that you read evil. Book. Evil. We still uh, benefit from understanding or trying to understand where they're coming from. I think mm-hmm. as a society. So I think it's important to, you know, get their takes on things. And, and I'm sure you can appreciate that as a reporter, but yeah. when somebody's screaming your evil at you repeatedly, yeah. you can't. <laughs> it's,
1: a, it's a fine line, isn't it, Tina? I mean, yeah. I know, you know, you're in the field a lot and and it's it's a fine line because you want to be professional, but also you're also with people like this, you're, you know, you get worried like about yeah. your safety, right?
0: Oh yeah. So- and sometimes I find myself baited into because they say things and you're like but wait a second have you considered and then you stop yourself like i actually was thinking i was gonna have a conversation with this person not happening yeah (sighs) anyway i I thought it was interesting
1: no thanks and they got back to me i was gonna say like way after the story came out i finally got the comment and it was uh (laughs) it was it was comical they you know it was kind of what you'd expect basically uh they the, the the my favorite part was at the very end they tagged it with like i hope you're like I hope you're feeling yourself. And I was like, I am like, this is a good story. Like I, <laughs> it was just a weird thing to say, right. A
0: double entendre. It
1: was like, I was like, thank you.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's so strange. Yeah, yeah. totally on brand for them. You know, another yeah. thing they did that was kind of disturbing is they were posting, uh, as a fake account, they were posting, uh, things on Grindr trying to get, trying to lure men into dates, Yep. Uh, which I thought was, they're very homophobic. So, you know, he had posted one video where he was holding a machete after uh, saying that he had lured this guy into a date and saying that if you don't pay me money, I'm going to uh, get yep. you fired or some stuff. Or he was accusing him of being a pedophile. So these guys are capable of some crazy stuff, uh, needless to say.
1: Yep. And I know we don't, uh, we're always struggling with the, reporting the story versus not wanting to promote them. But I can say that that YouTube channel, which again, I'm, I'm not going to name if, if you want to name it, that's fine. Of course it's your show, but is profoundly disturbing. And not just because of, it's not, it's like a vibe. It's not just what they're saying, but it's this undercurrent. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. really odd, like. No, odd. it's
0: it's it's more than odd. It's yeah. uh, these are very hateful individuals in <laughs> yeah. the world doing hateful things. And it really kind of blows my mind that Angie's Asian and she hangs out with a guy that's clearly uh, Christian nationalist yeah. neo-Nazi and oh. has no problem, you know, agreed with him on these statements that would be considered against her as well. So you have to wonder if she a little bit uh, abused by him at some point. I don't know. Anyway, it was yeah, interesting yeah. to see that they made the trip all the way out to Virginia to yep. campaign for Yonkin, which is you know costing money.
1: Weird, right? Southern California, yeah. yeah <laughs> what what's that about?
0: I don't know. We we seem to see our right right wing uh, guys go across the place everywhere. I mean, honestly, it's never it ceases to amaze me how they get around.
1: It's funny how like one of these characters the other day, and of course I won't name them name them as well because why they're mostly irrelevant, but. They told me to get a job and I'm like, why is it always like projection with you people? Like, do do any of you have a job? Like,
0: I know you're like, this is my job.
1: Yeah. I'm like, what? Like, really? Like, it's like that rally the other day, the the big one in downtown LA. I'm like, Mm -hmm. all this, uh, like, how do you have time on a Monday? Monday at at 10. Yeah. 10. Like, exactly. Like, like I would have been there, but I was at work.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was surprised at how full uh, cool that was. And I think it's very distressful that you're seeing LAPD officers that came out from LAPD headquarters yeah. and joined the rally in their uniforms, which is against protocol. But here's my thing. These guys that are uh, you know, refusing to get a vaccine, I'm fine if they quit their jobs, quite frankly. You're, you're supposed to be in a public safety position, trusted by the city. Right. And if you can't protect other people by getting a vaccine, you don't belong in that job.
1: Yeah, it, it it seems like this isn't complicated for anyone, no. but it, it's very weird how this would be phrased as anything but a like a complicated issue. It's not
0: exactly. You know. It's simple. Yeah. So I'm. I also wanted to talk about a piece you had recently in Forensic News, mm-hmm. only because it um, involves one of my favorite villains, Delaware <laughs> billionaire corporation.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> it's nicely best. with a lot of places, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, so a, you have an article in there where you highlighted a wire transfer between this corporation and a Russian oligarch. What's the story there?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. So, uh, so the story. So Scott Scott Stebbins and I, who's a reporter I work with at uh, at Forensic News, uh, we got a hold of uh, a bunch of uh, what's called suspicious activity reports. Um, I'm sure your audience knows what those are, but or they're called SARS, and. Uh, a couple of them, well, one was on a company called TopTal, which is a, a billion-dollar sort of recruiting company, like a, like an Upwork or something like that, mm-hmm. which focuses on uh, technology, like connecting software developers with clients. And um, the Bank uh, Bank of America flagged them more than once um, for a series of very, what the bank would call, suspicious transactions. Um just to summarize it and, you know, people can check it out at Forensic News, but more or less um, the company for, despite the fact that it, the company doesn't have a headquarters, first of all, like it's, they're open about being a remote company before that mm-hmm. was popular um, for some point, And maybe even now it was operating out of a hotel in Moscow, the, the Ritz Carlton, hmm. uh, which is, um, you know, admittedly a little weird. The company's sole, almost US presence is a piece of paper, as you said, in Delaware in LLC. Um, which has one name on it, which is the founder, a, a very uh, an interesting guy named Paso Duval. Um, but Bank of America flagged this company for a number of, of highly unusual transactions to say the least um, from that hotel and uh, to uh, a, uh, a guy who's sort of a shadow, but who's connected to the highest levels of, I would say the Russian government.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's, it's a very odd story. Not to say the
0: as odd as it is it's not as uncommon as you would imagine uh, you know I think one of the biggest the biggest things that got sidelined by the sort of Russia hysteria that came after 2016 was the money stuff um, we taught Russian oligarchs how to be Russian oligarchs right we <laughs> sent guys as you know we sent guys over there from Harvard business school you know this was a thing that happened. And it seems to me we all got caught up in this idea of the troll farming and how that influenced the election. Well, that sort of thing happens every election cycle. The United States does it to other governments, too. That's I mean, that's just standard operations. But I felt like what was being sidelined by all of that, um, because, you know, the Democratic Party didn't want to really do any sort of. you know, Monday, Monday quarterback, you know, how does that phrase go where you're looking back and figuring out what's
1: wrong? They didn't want to do
0: that, right? They didn't want to like, take, take a look at maybe possible mistakes that they had made, why they lost the election. Instead, they kind of, you know, trumped up this Russia hysteria stuff, but there was really very real problems there that sort of got uh, swept aside because of it. And I think one of them is the oligarch problem. And our platonomy is part of their platonomy. And there's an exchange of uh, funds that have been going on. For decades now, mm-hmm. there is definitely corruption that uh, occurs from both parties with Russian oligarchs. This is not big news, mm-hmm. but it doesn't get discussed a lot. Uh, it, do you feel that that's true?
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I absolutely agree. And I think like the, um, in terms of like a, mul- a multitude of of things were involved in um, in 2016 and, and in Russia. um you know, got involved quite a bit and meddled mm-hmm. and things like that. But but you're correct. It was not. One, it wasn't one thing, right? And yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's all as you already know. This is all about the money. Like mm-hmm. it's it's all about the money. That's why following a money. It's not a cliche. It's true, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all about the money. And whether it's our story or something you're working on, um, it's that's the key to solving a lot of the world's problems. Is that stopping the illicit flow of money that it's, there's a good book just called Moneyland, um, mm-hmm. which is like—I don't know if you've read that or if your audience has, has checked it out—but it kind of—it's kind of about the definitive uh, how money laundering really evolved. But the just just real brief, like it—it—it it, it makes it, it humanizes like the actual effects in the beginning where they talk about a Ukrainian hospital that was destroyed because everyone's—they're robbing it, mm-hmm. and that's that's the problem, right? All right. Um, That's. I mean, speaking
0: of Ukraine, they just shut down the uh, only Mm. English language uh, news site. That's
1: right. That's right.
0: I think that's a problem. Ukraine has a real problem with neo Nazis too. Speaking of.
1: Yeah, it's 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 really something. (laughs) It's really something. Russia too.
0: Russia too, but they got battalion. You know, what was interesting to me is when we were down covering the neo Nazi white uh, white lives matter thing that they had in Huntington beach a couple months back, there was a guy there, a skinhead who uh, was with them with the, was with the neo-Nazis. And he did have a tattoo on the back of his head from the Ugal battalion. And I mm. kept thinking, wow, that's a, you, he went and trained with Ukrainians because he doesn't sound Ukrainian to me. Yeah. So obviously their tentacles are, there's some reach there. I'm not sure what the connection is, but it is disturbing.
1: Yeah. They, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's very disturbing. And now we're seeing, uh, one of these characters from the capital has fled to, I think, Belarus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, there are certain parts of the world where these folks feel more, uh, you know, it's not it's not a slight on these countries. There's a lot of brave, very brave people, as you know, in these countries. But when they flee America, they often go to certain places, right?
0: Yeah, because they're, they're you know, Nazi friendly. Uh, the yeah. idea that Nazis disappeared after World War II is a mistaken one. I don't care yeah. what Joseph Cronchana says to me, neo-Nazis are Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> little, little dig there for the proud boys.
1: Shoot, we brought them here to work on our rocket program. We—that's right. It's—it's—it's it's it's a disgrace, actually. It is a
0: disgrace. It's—it's uh, huh. it's crazy that in 2021 we're still having these conversations. Um, <laughs> I think there's lesser of them now than there was previously, but they're still there, yeah. And they are very aggressive and dangerous, and they're also very much capable of violence, as we know. You don't need 500 people to kill a few. You know what I mean? You need a handful of radicalized individuals and they can cause a lot of harm.
1: That's exactly right. Absolutely.
0: (sighs) So I also wanted to talk to you about another uh, interesting piece that came out this Mm. week that you brought my attention to, and I'm glad Mm. you did that Reuters had uh, published. They really stepped up to the plate on this one, I think. So basically the piece is covering a, uh, a situation where you've had many Trump supporters and individuals calling up law are calling up uh, elections officials and threatening them, you know, mm. things like, you know, it might be a good day to put a fucking pistol in your mouth. I mean, really mm. violent threats. Yep. Um, and they have copies of the phone recordings on uh, on the article. You can listen to them. But I think the real crux of the piece is that law enforcement has failed to intervene. They have failed to charge anybody with mm. criminal threat. They have failed to do anything about it. What's going was, on here?
1: Yeah, great question. What What is going on? And and that's, it It seems like we sort of like, we know what the answer is, isn't it? And that's what's mm-hmm. so disturbing is that even if it's not always conscious, it's that because law enforcement is full of people with far right extremist views. I mean, you you read the article, like the, yeah. there were people in the article who were like, so are you going to do something? And they're, these uh, cops are like, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a crime. And then they were like, it is a crime. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, it's like, a crime. It is a crime. Like he's saying he's going to kill them. It's an incredible piece by Reuters, right? Yeah, what? they really stepped
0: up to the plate. I, I also want to know what you think about the fact that they did talk to one guy in particular, yeah. where the police had said to the reporters that the phone number was uh, not traceable. And then the reporters turned around and contacted the person that was making the threats through the phone number and spoke to yeah. him multiple times. So, how is it that the police could say this was not traceable?
1: Yeah, I was, I was, that, that right away you're kind of like your like radar goes up. Like, it's, it's not traceable. That's, that's sort of interesting. Like, what, like, what do you mean it's not traceable? Like, that's, that's some of the easiest type of serv- like work to do. Um, and, and also, as you know, most, the people in that article, it's not like these people are some like criminal masterminds, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them are just drunk at home and got, I mean, I'm not making excuses for them, but they, they just go ahead and call from their own phone. They send right. threats from their own email. So all of a sudden it's like this cop is like, eh. <laughs> like
0: He's, "Yeah, really? you know, and I get that, but one guy in particular was calling uh, the Vermont officials repeatedly. And this right. was a state where Trump had no chance of even, like, I mean, he would have had to have, like, you know, 30% increase in, in votes in order to, like, the, the outcome to be affected. So, this is one of the most ridiculous examples. It wasn't even one of the close states. But the guy was recall, was calling there repeatedly. At some point, it crosses a line. And then he started harassing the reporter after the fact.
1: Right. He sent him, like, 300 text messages. And it's just, obviously, textbook disturbing behavior. Um, you would
0: think they would intervene.
1: You would, wouldn't you? But we've seen that. We see that remotely and we see that up close. Unfortunately, uh, haven't you and I seen that Mm -hmm. in person in the streets of of Los Angeles? Yeah,
0: no, the police definitely, you know, again, not all of them, but a big chunk of them definitely bring their biases to the skirmish line and obviously elsewhere. I, You know, I'm wondering, though, did Trump sort of rip the Band-Aid off of that as well? Because I don't know that there is a higher... uh, a higher percentage of right-wing police officers in the country now than there used to be. Mm -hmm. And I I don't think it's a stretch to say that, you know, 10 years ago, those police would have investigated these threats against any sitting official. What changed here? They just feel more freer about their biases. Um, Are they more radicalized towards believing the big lie that Trump won the election I mean, obviously, it's not all officers. I think January 6th is a sign that that's not mm. the case. There, mm-hmm. there, you had situations where police officers were being beaten by Trump supporters if they didn't, you know, join in. Uh, so, what are your thoughts mm. on that?
1: Absolutely. And look, I mean, they—they, I, I know this sounds weird, but I always think it about those officers. Like, they, 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 in this very odd way. I mean, I have so much respect for the fact that they were fighting they're fighting Nazis like legitimately. And Mm -hmm. they've been through so much um, stuff that I'm not going to say I would, whatever. I've had my own, uh, (laughs) been attacked in in the street and stuff like that, but I I can't imagine what it's like on that level. Um, So I, you know, I like take my hat off to them. Literally they did the, the, the ones in the ground. A lot of them, most of them did the best they could. But to answer your question, I've always looked at extremism, like it's a, it's a virus. Like we'll never get rid of it, but it can be controlled. So you're exactly right. It's always been there, but the control was a little bit better. And then Mm -hmm. the Trump thing happened. And then all of a sudden it's like a light bulb goes off in some of these characters' heads. Oh, you know, I never, maybe I can go out there and kind of like beat up a reporter. I can, it's, you can see it sometimes in a sad way, dawning in their eyes. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's where it all, when the, when the idea goes off, that's where all the trouble starts. It's always been there. Uh,
0: yeah, it's always been there, but they're, they're, they're definitely more radicalized and it's, and it's not right. just the Trump supporting uh, police officers. It's just the Trump, that group of Trump right. su- supporters in general right. are just incredibly radicalized. Like you you're right. They'll go out and they'll beat up press members, which is not something you would see as often as we have recently, right. 10 years ago. There's no two ways about that. Uh, It's just, it's just a wild, um, thing though that this has become in a way normalized and i do think that donald trump's going to be running for office again in 2024 and yeah. i do think uh what the things we're discussing right now today are going to be part of that equation
1: yeah it's uh i mean it's, it's scary like it's it's like you said it's not it's not just him it's no. it's the way he it's like the, these people and the way they uh i mean it's nothing new right there's nothing mm-hmm. like we haven't seen in a million times in history, uh, unfortunately for us, though, we're, we're we're in the inside. We're in the middle of it.
0: We're in the middle of it. Uh, did you catch, by the way, uh, I think it was Jake uh, Taper that had the interview with the ex-Trump individual that was basically saying that he would have no problem calling the military in?
1: <laughs> I'm trying did like see this. I. It refreshed my memory. There's there's so much uh, going I on. Can't I can't recall I who know. the uh,
0: Trump official was. I saw it in passing, but mm-hmm. I did watch the clip. And basically, this individual was telling him that it would not be out of bounds for him to use the military to preserve his power. So right. I think, you know, that's not surprising to anybody that's paying attention. Trump is definitely an authoritarian. He is a right wing authoritarian, which incidentally, Sort of flies in the face of his supporters calling themselves patriots. If you're a patriot <laughs> of this country, you are not for right wing authoritarianism. You are for civil liberty. Those things are not compatible. Right. Yeah. Here we th- are.
1: <laughs> yeah, and 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 as you know, I mean, we they they use the military and all kinds of, of uh, what happened in uh in D.C. when they when they wanted to take that photo up Right. Um, despite the sort of like a very fake, uh, inspector general report, which I actually read and didn't exonerate them at all. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they were, you know, tear gassing, uh, protesters and a general's taking a photo and, and using unarmed, you know, people with no uniforms in Portland. Right. Like,
0: mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, we could talk about that for a minute. The DHS agents and the, uh, us marshals that came into Portland, they were here in Los Angeles as well for a bit. Uh, they were definitely operating in an authoritarian way under orders from Donald Trump. So I guess, I guess my concern is this, or my question for you is this, Mm. if it turns out that 2024 comes around, Donald Trump runs for office again. Well, number one, do you think he's going to run?
1: It's, it's hard to say because it's, it's his sole source of income now basically is from is politics. Um, It's not from these hotels are, are going Mm -hmm. down the tubes, he uh, separately, uh, several loans are due uh, to Deutsche Bank and others, and he doesn't really have the the power that you have as a president to tell everybody to you know um, whatever. So he's he he is in financial trouble. There's obviously a bunch of investigations going. Is he going to run? I don't know. Honestly, I'm. I it's there for him if he wants to.
0: Yeah, you know, here's the thing. I hear all of that, and I do think he has some very serious legal uh, issues that he's not going to escape from. I don't think that that would stop him from, run, from running because he is such a power-hungry narcissist. Yeah. And I do think um, he feels a sense of entitlement towards the presidency now, which is why he behaved the way he did when he lost the election.
1: Yeah, it it really is It really is amazing, isn't it? Oh, and I'm sure in his mind, he never lost at all, right? So. Right.
0: So yeah. he's just taking back what is his. Right. You know, yeah. and his radicalized supporters sort of see it that way too, I think. So um so yeah, so I think I hear what you're saying. I do think he has a lot of troubles. Maybe he doesn't run. It would not surprise me if he did. We'll see. Um but my concern after watching this interview is that this is an individual that's now willing to flex, I think, this right-wing authoritarian muscle even more.
1: Right. You know, and what what I what I always say is like the, the, I don't know if tragedy is the right word, is that all of this is preventable, right? The majority mm-hmm. of whether it's you, I, like most people aren't down with this, they don't like this stuff. But when one when the other side is just willing to do whatever it takes to get yeah. accomplished their goals, that's that's just the tragedy. It's not like there's places in the world where uh like the type of work that we do is even more dangerous, and right. we can walk outside our house and our car blows up or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we still, this doesn't have to happen. No, that's what's so disturbing about it. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be this way.
0: No. Right? You know, well, let's talk about that for a second. Cause that's interesting what you're bringing up. I don't think that the democratic party is without blame here. I mm-hmm. think Trump is um, a symptom of a, a bigger underlying disease that the country has and that's income inequality. And the Democrat part, Democratic Party, failed to give a left exit in 2016. They only won this last election because Trump was so terrible. I don't think Biden has a large mandate. Um, so, so the thing that we look at now is I don't, I don't think Biden's going to run again. I think, um, mm. I, I think he does have some declining uh, mental health issues. We saw that on the campaign trail. I know that I did when I was. Um, you Know at the various primaries and caucuses following the Bernie Sanders campaign, I definitely saw Biden's speeches where I was like, Why are they propping this guy up? He's he's definitely the worst of the pack, in my opinion. Yet, here we are. So, I um, wild card, I don't think Biden's going to run again in 2024. Do you?
1: I mean, uh, I well, look, you were you were out there in a way that that I wasn't at that time. I I have, I'm not, I haven't. I'm not sure I agree with with that, but but okay, it's okay to disagree. Tell me your thoughts. No, no, I mean that's you're
0: allowed to disagree.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am. No, look, um, but no, but honestly, the in the big picture, the the part, the problem with the party, and look, you might be right. I mean, I I I don't know the the problem with the party is that you got to stand up for yourself. You got to stand up for yourself when these things are happening, right? And Mm -hmm. and that's how you win elections. You whether it, whether it's the economy or whatever that's you have to say this is who we are this is what we stand for and not be like a republican light um
0: well, yeah, but they are like a Republican light. I think um, I agree with what you're saying. I think what yeah. I'm getting at is they're trying to serve two masters. They try to serve the working class, right? That they say they're dedicated to. They're the party of, yeah. uh, you know, marginalized individuals, right? Yeah. But they're also trying to serve a very wealthy elite donor class. And the wealthy elite donor class is what wins out yeah. time and time again.
1: It's Absolutely. a tension
0: that I don't think you can resolve.
1: Absolutely. I mean, uh, I guess which comes back to the money, but. Yeah. I mean, I always yeah, say this, like,
0: yeah.
1: I always say this, if you want to win anything in life, like the the, the secret is, here, I'm going to give it to everybody listening. You have to be willing to lose. You have to be Fair. willing to lose. Right. And that's the, and that goes in your personal life or what or whatever. And that's the problem. Like you said, trying to serve two masters and, you know, Biden, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like you and I are, are focused on, we have our eyes on on what matters, but like, I just, I hope he understands like it's, there's no, you can't make any mistakes. It's either this or these characters are coming for us. They're coming for us.
0: You know, they are coming from us. I think each, uh, each time the ratchet comes to the right, it doesn't go all the way back no. that it was previously on the left. So the country is being ratcheted to the right over and yeah. over again, right? With each cycle. Um, I think we've seen that happen. I don't know. Well, okay. So if Biden doesn't run again, is I guess um, Kamala Harris will be the front runner in that. Hmm. Or how does that work? Do they have a primary campaign? Do they do that whole thing again? I mean, I actually don't know.
1: I mean, Does anybody I, know the answer to this? <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll just get this phone. Let me, uh, let me call Lucas and Angie the last time. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's so funny because <laughs> I mean, I cover politics for a living. You think I would have the answer to this, but I do not. Um, this is, this is weird territory, right? Generally speaking, it's an eight year thing, right? The, the, uh, sitting president would automatically become the nominee. Um, but I mean, it remains to be seen, but I think 2024, um, I I'm I'm a little bit worried about it. I don't know where, where that's headed right now. And I think the democratic party is about to lose more seats in the midterms. What do you think is going to happen there?
1: I mean, I, I just, I I continually shake my head when I, I kind of watch, I mean, look, it's the same problem because the same, it, this isn't like complicated, obviously. The same people are in charge of the party and uh, mm-hmm. have been in charge for a long time. So yeah. you see the pattern repeated, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the, I, you know, how these people, um, and I'm not trying to hammer on any one person. It's not necessarily one person, but like, uh, you know, uh, Nancy Pelosi is worth, uh, yeah. what, $400 million? I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's a no, huge, I, that is amount, a of huge amount
0: of money. Yeah, she
1: is. So, and my thing is like, they literally came to the Capitol and tried to kill all of you. What does it take for it to actually fight back? Mm-hmm. I, what, what is it going to take? Cause at a certain point, you start uh, to ask yourself, what, yeah. what is, what is it with you? Yeah.
0: People, You've been asking this like, a long time. Well, you know, here's the thing I don't understand. Bernie Sanders would have been a much stronger candidate in 2016. I don't think that's a controversial statement unless you're completely um not understanding the tone and the feelings out there in the country. Oh, right? He would
1: have he would have won. There's no question.
0: 100%. Like he would have won. I don't think that's up for debate. It hurts. People were hurting and running a bankster friendly candidate was a yeah. bad idea. It was just yeah. the worst thing you could do, but they just didn't seem to want to see that.
1: It it does kind of hurt and I'm I know we don't like it's not like we're going to go over this endlessly, but it No, but it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts,
0: it hurts. Well, it hurts because We ended up with Trump, which was really devastating. This was devastating. Anyone that doesn't see that even now, I don't even know what to say. Trump was devastating. Uh, I don't, you know, do I think Hillary Clinton was as bad as Trump? No, I don't. Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: don't think she was a good candidate or the right person, though, Mm -hmm. either. And I think, I mean, we see it now with Bernie Sanders in charge of the budget committee, He's doing a he's doing a lot of phenomenal things there. Do I agree with everything he's doing? No, but I think he's at least he least has his finger on the pulse,
1: right? In yeah, a way I mean, that
0: a lot of these others don't.
1: It's crazy because like when they post these um, these polls about like how many people are in favor of uh, you know uh, Medicare for all that kind of thing, and it's like a huge number of people. It's an overwhelming
0: part- majority, and that's in both parties,
1: right? So it's like we have that, and then hmm <laughs> This lack of action. Lack I understand. of action
0: because they all yeah. serve. So here's the thing. Congress serves wealthy elites. It, it does not right. – our Congress does not serve the vast majority of Americans, right? We right. absolutely do live under a corporate right. oligarchy, platonomy, whatever word you want to choose. Absolutely. Um, I don't think that's really up for debate at this point. So I think the real struggle right now, and the struggle that's been going on now for years, is people trying to get their democracy back. Or, you know, I mean, we've been slow stepping towards this, though, I would say, since the late, or since the early 1970s. I would say um, the Powell memo was definitely a turning point. It's when the right wing, the corporate elites, woke up in the country and decided they had to do things. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. you know, ooh, that Big, bad boogeyman of socialism was going to just, you know, keep taking money from them, which is just ridiculous when you think about it. But um, it was, you know, a slow bleed towards this, because again, we're talking about that ratchet effect, right? Each time they were able to take a lot, give a little back, but we never got back to the same place. Unions have been destroyed in the country. I do think we're seeing a rebirth in, in the labor movement right now, which is fabulous. We needed to see that. Uh, you know, wages have been stagnated in the country for 30 years.
1: Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and, um, lit, uh, unions are are so important to the, the working man and woman out there. Right. Uh, that's, they, these people bled, they bled for to get us where mm-hmm. we are and it's, it's a disgrace that we would go back. I mean, they literally bled in the streets. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, it's, and again. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I don't, well, I we, don't discount anything at this point.
1: Well, you, you and I have, so, I mean, why not? Exactly. Why, not, um, exactly. <laughs> why don't like, we're all like, in this? Together?
0: We've been punched at least 50 times.
1: I, I enjoy the work I do, but it, it is.
0: It has gotta, its moments.
1: I mean, I, I, it, it's so like, I don't know, like not to get off on a tangent, but like the, the world war two, right? Like you look at those pictures, Mm-hmm. on d-day and those um i mean men and women obviously contributed to the war effort but the 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 men who landed on that beach right and yeah. and it's a disgrace to think of where we are and yeah. i mean it, it's it really is like yeah
0: i agree so uh elon musk let's let's talk to let's talk a little <laughs> bit about elon on that note uh yes. You know, he's been getting lambasted and rightfully so for not paying taxes. Uh, right. It's disgusting that there are people that are close to being trillionaires in this country that literally contribute nothing in taxes. Right. This is morally wrong. It's economically untenable. Hmm. And I'm glad to see that the majority of people are, are, are finally realizing that. And they they're not defending this ridiculous anymore because for so many years, you would, you know, make com- try to make a conversation about the wealth extraction that's been going on, and you would still have a big, vast majority of the middle class saying, "But yeah, it's okay. They earned it, or you know, their job creators, or you know, you can go through the list of of uh, just ridiculous propaganda statements that yeah. were being made." And um, I don't know what the final bridge too far was. Maybe it's the fact he's becoming a trillionaire, uh, mm-hmm. but at some point. Something snapped and people are pissed, which is good. Right. So now he made a poll where he's basically asking the public, should I sell shares to pay taxes, which was, <laughs> yes, was the uh, was the winner on that poll. Yeah. My thing is this, though, Eric, and I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. Yeah. Uh, yes, he should. But my thing is this. I want to see real and genuine and long lasting structural change in the country. Mm-hmm. What we need is structural change. So to me, that means, uh, you know, permanently changing the tax code, getting rid of carried interests, forcing a capital gains tax for, for somebody like him that only gets money from capital gains, right? Mm-hmm. He's not taking a salary. That's why he's evading income tax, yeah. where he's paying something reasonable.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's he's the living example of of the problem. And, mm-hmm. and you can tell even worse when you look at him that he thinks that, like, like all these characters this is, this is what I deserve. Like I, I'm different than, uh, and other people. I mean, you could just tell like, mm-hmm. like the, it's the classic thing. Like, I don't know how this guy votes or if he votes at all, but it's that I deserve this, but other people, um, they're not me cause they didn't work hard. <laughs> That's, uh, right. like,
0: which I have to laugh at.
1: I mean, it is, it is, it is funny. This guy is from his parents or his father, some kind of diamond. Uh, yeah. He's a,
0: he's, he, his father was an apartheid era miner from South Africa.
1: Yeah, so um, it's
0: just insulting that he would claim this.
1: He lives off government subsidies. I mean, Tesla just made a profit, I think for the first time, maybe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and he's also, he's just, he's a jackass. I mean,
0: jackass. I agree. <laughs> I agree. He's an absolute jackass. That's the other part <laughs> of the equation is he's gotten a lot of money in tax subsidies. So, so what is yeah. this socialism for me, but not for thee?
1: They need to right. The it's you you the Dem, the, the Democratic Party, one of the, the main mistakes they make, and they make a lot of mistakes, is they don't understand how to weaponize people's anger. And even worse, mm-hmm. they gaslit their own voters to tell you it's okay or we have to be better them. like no, it's mm-hmm. can we can we curse on the show or,
0: yes, curse away.
1: It's like it's <laughs> not fucking okay.
0: It's like, not fucking things okay. are
1: very, very fucked up. Yeah, And the Republicans know how to weaponize anger real well. They weaponize it about like bullshit all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So that I think is the worst mistake that they make. No, it is okay to be angry.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I agree. They're, they're
0: going to polite, polite themselves into oblivion. It's crazy crazy. to me.
1: They literally tried to kill you. They came to the Capitol and tried to kill you. Like, what is it going to take?
0: Well, you know, here's the thing, Eric, this is, there's a group of Democrats, Nancy Pelosi included, Chuck Schumer included, uh, yeah. that really are more frightened by Bernie Sanders than they are Donald Trump. I mean, we I heard so, the huh? DNC superdelegates when that audio was leaked to Politico talking about it.
1: It's, that's interesting. I mean, I, I, I just wish they would, I don't know what's going to take. Like, I, I'm sort of out of for a rare thing for me. I'm I'm kind of speechless.
0: You're me. Yeah. Like let me ask you this. Do you think it would make a difference if there were fewer millionaires in Congress?
1: Oh, I mean, absolutely. Like, like they always talk about uh like Truman being the last, like he was a business owner, but not like
0: not mm-hmm. like
1: a one now, like a fake business owner who's like he actually owned this small business. Yeah. And I mean, what happened to that? Like, whether yeah, I mean it would make a a huge difference. How how can you expect them to know what the what people live like? Uh, it's very mm-hmm. unusual to have someone like I don't know, like let's say a, a Kennedy family who like, despite being like an elite family, really seem to have some understanding of public service. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that can be transmitted from from parent to child, but it's very hard now. Mm-hmm. I do think there's some people who like a swalwell who truly understand what the fight is and and I get that sense, but until they have some real, real power to take control, we're, we're stuck. We're stuck. Here. Yeah. I
0: mean, you look at that Nancy Pelosi video with the ice cream in this, oh. you know, $20,000 refrigerator and you're just like, no. are you kidding me?
1: I, <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean,
0: the attack I, ad just wrote itself I, like yeah. literally wrote itself. And in fact, I remember seeing that Trump attack ad in. For a brief moment, I actually thought it was her primary um, contender, uh, Shahid Buttar's yeah. ad. It could have been, right? And then you get to the end and you're like, it's a Trump ad. And you're like, wow.
1: I mean, it's it's time to uh, – we say it's time to pass the torch, but, of course, that's not how things work. If you want it, you have to take it. And that's, you have to take it, yeah. You got to take well, it. So,
0: mm-hmm. you know? yeah, so maybe these say. young progressives are going to take it. They're trying to. I think some of them – um, I do go out of my way to interview young uh, politicians that are running for office because mm. very few people will talk to them in the press. So yeah. I always try to reach out to those folks and, and get them on the show because I think um, you know somebody's got to give them some help out there. You know I might not always agree with everything they have to say, but sure. they should at least be given an opportunity to share their ideas. In my
1: absolutely, opinion. I mean, fa- um, um, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, absolutely, you're right.
0: So what are you working on now?
1: You know, I really need a vacation. Uh, yeah. No, I. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I feel that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's some things brewing. I'm. Uh, what am I really working on? Um, gosh, I mean,
0: yeah. Just. Uh,
1: it's like how vague can you be and how how specific? Um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in in the world, and um, so I'm looking into a couple couple prospects for the Daily Dot. Um, yeah, it really is hard to be specific without. <laughs> okay. without i did a fact checking thing this morning for forensic news which is pretty cool just we're uh, doing a little thing with a software company um called right in stone and we fact check this whole week we're just fact checking one thing a day which is cool um hmm. there's 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 a lot going on in this country um,
0: there is
1: I, i'd like to i mean there's never any shortage of material that's
0: that's true that's, are that's you Are you looking at any more of the uh, right wingers here in Los Angeles?
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The, that grace, that great piece today that was in uh, the intercept by Rob Mackey. Mm
0: -hmm. um, Yeah.
1: Which, which I know you read was, was, I think you're in there. I'm in there. uh, (laughs) Yeah. You're in there. Um, (laughs) Well,
0: you know, let's, in fact, let's talk about that. How is it that Adam Kiefer can deny that he's a proud boy?
1: I was also wondering, um, isn't that like bad in his world? Like,
0: well, it used to be, uh, oh. there was a time when they were supposed to say it loud and proud that they're proud boys. Right. And I, and it's interesting that you bring that up because I've been thinking now since January six, really how often you see a lot of these guys trying to hide their affiliation or distance themselves from it. Um, I don't know if they're doing it because they don't want to get arrested. they want to be associated with what happened. I, I, which I find hard to believe since they seem to be like we're patriots and we're proud of it at the same time. But there's, there's, that's definitely a new trend I've noticed. And, you know, Adam, like one of the things he said to Robert was that, yes, I was wearing a proud boy hoodie at that Washington DC (laughs) March, but I did it out of respect for them since I was in their presence. And I'm like, hold up, hold up, Adam, I have photos of you wearing proud boy attire at least 50 other times than that. Yeah. And in fact, you were just at Furman Park in San Pedro at the Proud Boy event, wearing Proud Boy attire yeah. and accusing me of working for Chad Loader to say that I was buffering your case in your restraining order, which is what the article is about.
1: It's so weird, like their their worldview, it's like that of like literally like a child, like, like mm-hmm. you work for Chad Loader. It's like, <laughs> just because you don't like what's happening in this very moment, it doesn't mean that the... That you work for Chad Loader, I'm just, I you just don't I like just,
0: me. What? Like, yeah. So he literally walks up to me and he says, <laughs> "He says thank you being, thank you, thank you, Tina, being here. Um, you're really helping me out." And I, and he has a mask on. So at first I was like, "Who is this?"
1: Right.
0: And he said, "It's Adam." And I'm like, "Oh, Adam, what are you talking about?" And he said, "You're you you're helping me by being here because you work for Chad Loader." I said, "A." Your restraining order is against Chad Loader, not me. I don't think that would yeah. make a difference. And B, I don't work for Chad Loader. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah, yeah. The, well, these, these characters, um, you know, they're not super intellectual to be to be nice about it. Uh, no. But but it is interesting how they often they seem to go often go down that road. You'll see there from their yeah. posts.
0: Um, Let me ask you this. On yeah. that note, uh, why why do you think that is? The story, like I'm often always trying to figure out what motivates people to do the things they do. You know, that's part of, I think, our jobs. Yeah. And I look at this group as a whole and I think to myself, what happened to these guys that they feel this way, that they've all, you know, sort of, uh, you know, created a club together where they can co- co- sort of co- commiserate mm-hmm. in a way because yeah. I think they are. Um, obviously, you know they had one of them got up there that day and was talking about how there was a bunch of men there looking for housewives, and I'm thinking to myself, uh, have you any of you stopped to consider that the the reason you don't have girlfriends is because of the way <laughs> you think and act?
1: yeah, yeah, it is amazing, right <laughs> everything is someone else's fault and right, or it's
0: antifa one or the other
1: they they always like especially you'll, I'll see that too. Like as a man, like they'll, they will, uh, it could be the men or women, but they will often like project that on me. Like, wow. Like you're like a loser with no job and no life. And it's like, no, I think that you're actually a loser with the, cause like I have a life outside of this. <laughs> uh, yes, so it's th- Olympic
0: level projection.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and the, the male rage thing. I, yeah. I think that's absolutely a big thing. I mean, those guys are, most of them are losers and yeah, they, they don't have, why would, right. You're not going to get any women who accept, I guess, hardcore fascists. like. Um, yeah,
0: well, you're not going to get any women by hating on women.
1: Yeah, that's, that's correct.
0: <laughs> I I mean, why would, you know, and of course their response to somebody would be like, well, I wouldn't want to date you because right. you're, you know, and you're a, antifa whatever press whatever but point b is that they really think most women want to get into a relationship with a man that thinks women are inferior like i mean come on man it's 2021 that wasn't even acceptable a 100 years ago
1: yeah yeah exactly i th- i think there's some of the issue there could be some progress made with with i mean i definitely think this this incel thing is definitely real and yeah it's real i don't want um as you know i don't want to like make excuses for anybody but if, so, if, if that issue could be dealt with, I think we could pull some of these yeah. people out of the, the far right. Mean, we're like literally out of the okay, far but right. Ha-
0: you can't deal with it because they're, they're, they're victims of themselves, right? And now their response is, and for those that don't know what an incel is, let me explain that. Yeah. It means involuntary celibacy. So basically there's a man that can't get laid, but they want to get laid. Right. That's how I would pretty much put it. Um, but part of what's stem from that is now they're all advocating that rape is okay. Some of them at least are. And that's just scary. They want it's, to force women to fuck them.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the weirdest thing because these guys will they'll in the course of reporting or whatever, they will, they'll like, let's say they'll mock me or whatever or say mm-hmm. all these like, you know, and it's like, wow, like you really don't get it. Like you, yeah, like you really, you don't understand what it means. If you're, before you're going to be a relationship, like you have to be like human. You have to,
0: yeah.
1: you have to take care of yourself before someone else is going to like you. Like, wow. Like,
0: no, it's really sad, you know? And then one of the things they said to me, uh, at, at Furman Park, a group of them, they were trying to put me down. So they were saying that my master's degree was in, uh, gender studies, which right. it's not, but even mm-hmm. if it was like, have any of you even graduated high school?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I Can any that.
0: of you do calculus?
1: Right. That other, one of those other characters, uh, I remember she said something that was just, she was really just hurting all women. And when she made that remark um, to you, I remember it. And it was like, like, which day it was, um, she, she, she basically took it to the, I guess her chosen weapon was, uh, uh re- regarding, uh, one's physical appearance. Yeah. And
0: oh, was she the one that said, uh, what's her name that said that she could help me with my hair and makeup?
1: Right. It was like like it was like wow, like you really Yeah, again, I'm still you laughing at that one. Right. Like and that's that's good. Like I laugh too. Like like one of them called me I, a nerd the other day. I was like
0: I, know. I was I don't just know. Know. Girl, I was like, girl, have you looked in the mirror? <laughs> what are you talking about? It,
1: I know it's but
0: also, you're right. Like, why would you do this thing where you're now resort? That's what you're going to do is resort to female uh, appearances. You are, you're, in, you're harming yourself. This it, is just a paternal, paternalistic view of the world. Right. And also your assumption that I give a shit about what you think about hair and makeup is really ridiculous. Cause I don't, I have better things to worry about.
1: Yeah. Right. When you're, when we're out there, you're, when you're out there, you're yeah. right. that's not
0: <laughs> what? The f- what, wait, so, hang on, let me get out my power puff and put my camera down. Uh,
1: I'm telling you, they, like I was saying, they take it to the child level. They, it, it's like some animal thing. It goes back to their head. It, that's, that's where it goes every time.
0: <laughs> every time, but, yeah, It's so funny, Erica. I'd actually forgotten about that. <clears throat> I yeah. had literally like, but you're right. It was like, wow, what did she just say? Is she serious? I'm supporting. Am I supposed to show up today in like Lamazon pumps but, and giant hair and lipstick? Was that, you know, uh, like that makes sense. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm telling you, because they they'll do the same thing to me. They're like, you're like, do you know what a man is?" And I'm like, "Look at who you're with, like, like look at the person right there, like look who you look who you are with, like, like I'd be happy to tell you what an actual real man is if you'd like. Like, I could give you some.
0: Mm-hmm. I'd give you I'd be some happy pointers. to give
1: you, you know, it's not it's not the ten proud boys over there.
0: No, exactly. <laughs> I mean. It's just remarkable though, Eric, that yeah. they don't see it or they do. This is a, a way of deflecting, you know, maybe these are yeah. just really harmed individuals and this is pain deflection or something, but there's yeah. clearly something going on here. Like this is, these folks yeah. are all in need of an intervention of some sort, especially the ones that are incredibly radicalized.
1: Th- there's no question that some of them, you're absolutely right. Um, have grown up in that way. And then others um, are, are th- don't have that excuse. Um, no, if, I don't if even it's think an it's an excuse if they yeah. do. But
0: it's it's just interesting to me what could possibly be motivating this, because even now in twenty twenty one, you know, a, a year almost two years after Trump has lost the election, they are still out there holding Trump one signs, or Trump is yeah. a president. I mean, it's just like, come on, man.
1: I don't think that. I mean, right the the there was some panel the other day. And one thing that's very important, as I'm sure you know, anytime you see a panel of uh, Trump voters or anybody, mm-hmm. um, you go to Google and look up their names. Um, these panels are corrupt constantly. It's discovered that the panel of so-called just regular people are like operatives or for the local party, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, and I forget. Planted questions. I lost my... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like you have to fact check everything. But I guess the point, what I was going to say was like, that's, we're a little bit past that. Like, I I think we gave them a chance to hear, we heard you out. Um, and our reward was that was January 6th. Right. Mm -hmm. So the time for the time for listening in that way, I think is over. This is the time to fight. Um, and I don't give a shit really. Like, I don't want to hear it anymore. (laughs) And, and, and one more on that note, I was going to say one more thing, obviously the whole economic anxiety thing, was literally statistically bullshit. That was Joy Reid did a segment and so did the Washington Post. That those folks, a lot of them are wealthier than average Americans. Um, Which anyway, folks? Uh, the Capitol rioters and and Trump voters in general. Um, many of them have um, done better. Well,
0: look, I don't think it's bullshit. Let me, let me explain what I'm thinking though on that. I don't think it's <laughs> bullshit. I think there is, there is genuine severe income inequality in the world. There's no tweets Mm. about it. Do I think Mm. everybody that showed up at the Capitol in J6 is a victim of that? (laughs) No, I do not. Do I think there are wealthy people that are using this moment and these folks that are suffering for their benefit? Absolutely, I do. Mm. So, so, I mean, you can look back at the history of even the Tea Party where the Koch brothers were funding, uh, you know, a lot of that civil unrest because they knew it would benefit them. Mm-hmm. I think the same yep. can be happening right now. But I mean, look, the last seven, eight years, you've had more than 80% of the new wealth being created going to the 1%. Yep. That's yep. not tenable. I mean, I no, know, look, I look right. back when I was in college, you know, in the early 90s, I was making $16 an hour. And now we're fighting for 15 in a world where rent has tripled? Right. This is crazy. Now, we de- right. there's yeah. definitely, uh, you know, fascism always... Always increases in times of income inequality, and it's worse now than it was in the '20s. And uh, just right. for the record, I am not a fan of Joy Reid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no worries, no worries. It was it was pure pure um, numbers that segment, but I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> just
0: having it was... to throw that out there. Um. So, what was the Washington Post had? had what were they? So they were saying that the average the... attendee was wealthier um, and whiter, they, or something well, they... like this.
1: They they analyzed like the median or they not not it wasn't of J six or January six, it was like of it was just a straight story about about people who voted for Donald Trump and Oh, um, I see. I, and uh it was it dispelled but you're look, you're not wrong. I mean, there's people absolutely who um are desperate and when they were in that situation, they voted for him instead of the instead of Hillary Clinton. Um right. and there's and you're right, it is a breeding ground for fascism. Um My only point would be that a a lot of these characters are like even the ones we know out here in LA, they are,
0: Oh, it's not not economic anxiety. Well, Gina, you know, eyelash Gina, she was eyelash Gina. She was there breaking windows at the Capitol in her Louis Vuitton sweater, which will never not be comical to me. (laughs) I don't know if you saw that.
1: (laughs) There was something funny about her the other day. And I, like you said, you are absolutely like, correct. I mean, it is a breeding ground. The more people are hurting. Um, it, it's, it's just that obviously like at this point, if you're still down and you, I know you like know this already, right? If, if you're, st- if you're still down with this fascism, like it wasn't just the economics, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was the other stuff. Um,
0: well, yeah, because they make an appeal to hate brown and black people and Jewish people, right? That's part yep. of the the salesmanship. Don't blame yep. your fellow whites; blame them. They're the ones that are responsible for your uh, pain and misery, right? That's part of the messaging.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's it, it's nothing new, right? That's what we said no, somewhere in the middle new. of the show. It's, it's nothing, nothing new.
0: new, and it's and I don't protect and I don't see it getting corrected until we deal with the underlying causes. And I also think yeah. you had a lot of folks that just stopped voting.
1: They're that turned off by yeah.
0: both parties, and I think that's part of the problem.
1: It's a disgrace. I mean, I I know that it's a controversial topic, but these these countries that mandate voting—I mean, I think that's something that should at least be uh, talked about. Like we have seatbelt laws, right? Yeah. Like to protect—it's because some people don't protect themselves. Like when if everyone just voted. We, you and I wouldn't be, we'd be talking about, I don't know what we'd be talking about right now. Something else. Look,
0: I, th- I think if everyone just voted, we'd have more than two parties, quite frankly. And that, uh, you know, yes. look, here's the thing. If you're pissed off at both parties, there's still other people you can be voting for. There's still other propositions to be voting for other things that need to be looked at local elections. It's not just about mm-hmm. a two party system for president, Right. A lot of the more important things happen further down the ballot. And if you tune out from voting, those things get ignored. We lose a lot of really great candidates in primary elections because people don't vote in the primaries, for example. If you're not happy with you know the sort of corporate-owned establishment candidates that end up in the general election, start voting in the primary.
1: Yeah. 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 You know, exactly. These are
0: these are where all the non-millionaire candidates that are really struggling. Are trying to win a race, right? They don't have access to the money and power that the establishment corporate Democrats do. But you know, you need to get out there and support these individuals. I don't think. Listen, do I think electoral college college or electoral politics, not yeah. the college? Do I think electoral politics are going to fix what's broken in this country entirely? I do not. Do I still think they are important? Yes. I think there's more than one way to correct the problem. I also think uh, the labor movement. Engaging in strikes is really important and we're starting to see that now. I also think people getting out on the streets and standing up to the fascists is really important and uh, unfortunately we're seeing less of that now but it's still happening. So I don't think there's any one solution or one thing that happens to cure what's wrong with the country. I think there's a multitude of things. Exactly. I, and I do wish people would have that realization instead of just getting angry and tuning out. You know what I'm saying?
1: It's exactly. And it's whatever, everybody plays their own role. And, uh, but it's about stand in whatever way you can every day, obviously standing up to them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not going to like, I don't, I, I, I always try not to use these, these people's names and these fascists, but one on a personal level in my own neighborhood, When I, when I saw that she was part of some straight up, like fascist bullshit, I call her out. So whether it's reporting or my own neighbors, like Mm -hmm. that's what we're going to do. And as you know, like, I know, you know, I'm talking about like that's consequences. It's okay. Well, I honestly don't like like it's <laughs> not just Michelle. like I don't ever want to um, I don't intentionally because I don't want to promote her. Like I don't.
0: Yeah. So she's part of the anti-vaccine yeah. group that's been traveling around with the Trump supporters. Uh, I think she does some organizing as well.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, she's a, obviously like a very dangerous person and I've paid a price for that, like like just because of the proximity. And I wouldn't even think twice about like, I would, of course, I would do that again in a heartbeat and I'll always do it. And so will you. Um, because if you don't do it, then we know what happens eventually. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: In a way, you know, like in a way, you know, I'm not an activist, you're not an activist, but in a way, the journalism we do is a form of activism mm -hmm. because it exposes, it exposes things that need to be exposed. It's shining lights in dark areas kind of Uh a thing. So, and I think that's important work. Mm -hmm. I know that for me, I wouldn't do anything else. You know, it's my calling, so to speak.
1: Absolutely. And I was going to say, um, Recently, um, I don't know if you saw Mar- the, the Maria Ressa, the reporter, who won the Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. Literally, was like journalism is activism. Yeah. If, if that doesn't put a like light of fire under the so-called more mainstream press, I mean, what what more endorsement do you need than the Nobel Prize winner for peace, whose mm-hmm. life is at risk every day, mm-hmm. just straight up said it. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it is. Um, even if let's say you don't, we don't call ourselves activists or right. consider ourselves activists, you know. It's a
0: form of, no, I do agree with that. I think journalism can be a form of activism because, and I think it's a very important form, um, you know, exposing these truths to the world is, you know, it's a dangerous thing in many circles, but it also provides uh, the society with an understanding of what's going on. Like, not everybody can be everywhere at the same time.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's like, you know, it's, it's like, fun. It's fun my, exactly. My
0: favorite sign I saw to protest was um, first they came for the journalists. Then we don't know what happened.
1: Yeah, there it is.
0: There it is, right?
1: And it's pretty wild that now, I mean, in this country, as you know, it's there's a lot of groups that get mad at people like at us. And unfortunately, they don't understand until it's too late that we have the mm-hmm. right to be out there doing this job. Right. Um, it's not just the people we talked about, right? It's there's other groups too, and it's
0: oh, there's other groups too. Yeah, we get it yeah. from we get it from all sides. Yeah. We get it from yeah. the police. We get <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: everybody has a bone to pick with journalists at this point, but but mainly it's because their bad behaviors are exposed. That that is the fundamental reason why. Um, but I would caution you know folks to really understand that the First Amendment is mm-hmm. a cornerstone, a key to right. a healthy democracy. And if we lose that, we lose everything.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's there and it's it's something special. I mean, like like we said, there's a lot of places in the world uh, where-
0: Where job's far more dangerous, yeah.
1: Absolutely. I mean, as dangerous as it is in this country, and I think we're somewhere in the middle now <laughs> in terms of safety for journalists or, or anybody for that matter, but there's places in the, that, that First Amendment it's, it really is something special.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Eric, where can people follow you if they want to keep up with your reporting?
1: I love, this is always my favorite part, right? So <laughs> t- Twitter is always the spot and it's Eric LeVay, which is uh, Um Yeah, I pretty much use Twitter, although I, you know, I'm on other platforms. Um, on my Twitter bio, you can always reach out to me with tips, um, uh, you know, anything whatever it is, uh, Instagram and all that stuff is fine too. I'm on everything. The daily dot is where I do, uh, in forensic news, which is an independent startup. So forensic news.net or daily dot. Um,
0: and where's your podcast?
1: Oh, so counterintelligence, uh, is up on every podcast app. Um, okay. we took a little bit of a hiatus, but the new one's coming out actually with, I interviewed Tom Hartman